Hey everybody, if you've been tuning in over the last couple of months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last minute tickets to sports, concerts, and all types of shows. I've been telling you about it because I got it on my phone right now. The views they'll give you from your seat are in the app. You can say, oh, I'll sit right here, thanks. And it will give you a view of what it would look like in that seat. Maybe you're not thrilled with it. Maybe you love it. You can switch somewhere else or you can check out in just two taps. It's super, super easy to use. It's very intuitive and it'll show you where you're at in the stadium, in the arena, wherever it is that you're going. Well, now game time is hooking you up for the holidays with a $10 credit and you got to act fast. Here's what you do. Download the game time app in the Google Play or App Store, click on the My Ticket section of the app, create an account, and then under the billing section, redeem code THEATHLETIC. Once again, that's THEATHLETIC, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase. It's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem the code, and it expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st. Check your watch, check your calendar. That's right here. So make your moves quick and score last-minute tickets with game time. that time, Jersey. Meanwhile, Miami has first and goal down by four. And they're at the New England four-yard line, first and goal. 29 seconds left. Here, Butker kicks the extra point. And Fitzpatrick throws in the end zone. Touchdown, Miami! The Dolphins have just scored. Gasicki, the tight end, got a laser in the back of the end zone. On a goal-to-go touchdown pass by Miami quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick to take a lead with 24 seconds to go. The extra point coming up for Miami, leading New England 26-24. to And the crowd now knows it. What a throw by Fitzpatrick. What a touchdown run by Williams. On the last weekend of the regular season in the NFL, if the Chiefs win and New England loses, the Chiefs will be the two seed. They'll get the bye and they'll have a home game the next weekend. I'm getting confused. What game are you calling? I'm calling both games. <laughs> Here is the extra point. The Dolphins have just gone up on New England 27-24 with 24 seconds to go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first annual meeting of the Ryan Fitzpatrick Fan Club. Alongside Nate Fitzpatrick and Seth Fitzpatrick, I'm Joshua Fitzpatrick. Welcome to the show. All of this is canon now. We've all changed our names. Ryan Fitzpatrick is our legal guardian. And uh, also, I think he owns The Athletic now, which is a whole deal. I don't know if that changes how checks get signed, how tweets go. I don't know how far down the line it goes. But this show is all Fitzpatrick all the time, baby. Fitz magic for everybody. Merry Christmas. There is a thing happening on social media <laughs> where people are legitimately donating to Ryan Fitzpatrick's charity. Yes. And if you would like to do that, yes. I yes. would encourage you to do so too. Um for ethical reasons I can't, but it is really nice to know that <laughs> I'm not going to Boston in 2 weeks. Like <laughs> what? Uh <laughs> Look, everybody has to benefit in some ways. Uh, who the hell saw that coming yesterday? Uh, 
Josh, we talked on 810's pregame show, and I could not have been more disinterested in week 17. And then three hours yep. later, I was screaming because, you know, Harlan was, Fitzmagic, Harlan baby. was going crazy. Uh, Clark Hunt wasn't watching his own team that he owns and manages. So good. Uh, Fans were informing the team. And Ryan Fitzpatrick out-dueled Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback since we've all been alive. (laughs) And the Chiefs are the two seed. So it turns out 2019 is actually good, I guess. I don't know. It took until the very, very end for it to redeem itself. But yes. Great, great year, great season. I so you know, Josh. For our listeners, Josh and Nate and I, you know, we talk in text more than people know. Yes. I mean, you know, we're just we're, yeah, we're it's just mostly out of obligation. But yeah, we, 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know, see, you see that we we love and we love, and Josh continues to hurt. But the more you hurt, the more oh, we're going I'm, to love you, Josh. I'm, no, Seth, I'm I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. It. it so Nate and I talk all the time, and it's great. <laughs> That's fair. Anyway, so before the game, or maybe as the game was going to start, I don't remember, I sent a text to both of you guys. I'm just like, you know, I was just like, all right, guys, let's give it 110%. We've got this. It's a great day to do that. It's like, <laughs> then afterwards, like, sorry, I'm just trying to psych myself up for some Week 17 action. And then three hours later, much like Nate, I am shouting at my TV for the results of another game in a way that I haven't since the Minneapolis miracle, because much like everyone who loves football, who isn't a saints fan, I freaked out during yes, the Minneapolis miracle. Right. Like that was like, that was one of the coolest moments in sports history, but it was a I'm like, yes, yes. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> My wife's like yelling from the other room. Who's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he is it. He is everything. He is just the sign of Patrick Mahomes. And it's just like, Oh, we just, it, it's a great day. And like oh, Kevin Harlan made it the even goat. greater. The somehow. goat that was so was so good. awesome. And now we're all you know also Dolphins fans, which is fun. Yeah, and I told you guys uh, that I I got a tattoo when I was in Florida. Um, yep. for my birthday when I was when I was down there, which my birthday did happen. Uh, Seth, thanks for the thanks for the love for it. Um, you know Nate and Danielle. Well, when you turn eighteen is when they really start to matter. So I'll talk to you in a couple years. And we'll... <laughs> that's good. So you've you've had three eighteens, is that right? I just did the yeah, math in my head yeah, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> what was that sound? Uh, but what you don't all know is actually, I just got a Ryan Fitzpatrick, just his face tattooed on on me um, ahead of time, and I just knew this was going to happen. That's the that was the magic of uh, that was the Fitz magic. Actually, it's fascinating, and we, uh, we have an extra treat today. Is that uh, we are now joined by uh, our personal Dolphins yeah, correspondent and also producer of this show. Woo. Uh, I, Danielle Lehman, whose actual last name is now Fitzpatrick because this is the Fitzpatrick pa- family podcast. Uh, Danielle, this was the most Dolphins thing to ever happen to the Miami Dolphins, and I'd like to say thank you to the Dolphins. It's so good. I actually have Fitz Magic tattooed across my torso uh. now. Is that cool? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. I'm going back in. I'm getting like the thug life, but instead it just yeah, says Fitz exactly. Magic. Yeah, it, it, except I couldn't, I couldn't spring for old English writing, so it's in Comic Sans. Do you think that's cool? I think that's perfect. Okay. <laughs> I think that's perfect. <laughs> But, but so to, yeah, to, so to set the stage, I I've, I I was a Dolphins fan, like a hardcore Dolphins fan for twenty five years, and kids are stupid. I was a Dolphins <laughs> fan because of Ace Ventura. What? That's how I became a Dolphins. What? Fan. 
Yes. That. I was five when that movie came out. It was my favorite movie, and I said, you know what? You know what's a good idea? Dolphins Laces fan. out, baby. Laces <laughs> out. Yeah. <laughs> and even better, my team, my, my family are all Packers fans. I could have had an easy oh. life. I could have oh, had tribbles. I could have had playoffs. No, but I had Jake Cutler. And I had Bullygate. And I Ryan had. But, who's blowing it up in, t- in Tennessee right. now? Yeah. We didn't even yeah. get good Tannehill. We got kind of mediocre <laughs> flashes of good Tannehill. Which yeah. you told us that would happen too. It's the funny thing before the season started. You're sitting there like, you know, guys, you know what? Ryan Tannehill's actually good, guys. And we all made fun of you. Yes. And I was like, oh. And, I, and I, took my, I took my welts. I took my beanie with. with I knew it. Tannehill was good. <laughs> Danielle, Danielle, just know that for the last two years, for 16 weeks of an NFL season, you have had to hide in the obscurity of the NFL landscape. But for one week, when the mighty yes. Patriots come, you are in your shining glory as you continue to haunt <laughs> Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. It's, it's so good. The Dolphins can't take... It would take right, but I love this so much. It's a moral victory for all of the NFL. It is. It's so it. It's so good. He went down the you field in less than three minutes against the Patriots. They made Stephon Gilmer look like a dude, just like a dude. He's the best quarterback in the league, and they torched him. Brian Flores basically said, "Hmm, I really appreciate you getting me a job. I really appreciate you." Uh, helping me get some Super Bowl rings as like the defensive coordinator for the Patriots, even though we all know Bill Belichick's really the defensive coordinator for the Patriots. But that being said, he went into Gillette Stadium and was like, not one, not my thumb, not my pinky, not my ring finger, but this one, Bill. (laughs) And the funny thing is, like, two years ago, I finally was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with the Dolphins. They're just always bad. But now I look at the score today, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like this is this just feels good. My fans fins up, baby. Right back in. Fan, you said fan you were a hardcore it. Dolphins fan for 25 years, and it would have been less harmful to your health if you would have been a hardcore heroin user for 25 exactly. years. Exactly, exactly. Like, Every year, be like, no, next year will be better. It's fine. We got a new coach again. It's cool. It's cool. New systems, guys. New systems. Needles be good. It's not like there was somebody on the coaching staff a couple years ago who was literally sniffing cocaine off the desk of the team facility <laughs> as, an, as an assistant coach. And, and, and telling the love of his life, I can't wait to see you again. I mean, it's not like this was. I mean, this has always been a well-run organization since you know Don Shula. <laughs> oh, exactly. This and that I, is I, the organization that saved the Chiefs. Right. Oh, it yeah. is. It's so fun to to hear another fan go down like their memory lanes because Chiefs fans tend to think like we have like the corner of the market in suffering, but really we've had it pretty good yeah. for for at least the last five or six years, and then before that it was really rough. But then for a while we we had it really good. Then to hear like a Dolphins fan's like, guys, it's been bad forever, and yeah. before that it was bad. And before the beginning of time, it was, it was bad. bad. <laughs> like, I think I was a kid and I had a couple good years of Marino, and then after that. He retired, and then there was all just crap. Cleo all Lemon. Because Marino, all because Marino made a cameo. <laughs> yeah. I told you, kids are stupid. I mean, Danielle, <laughs> did you know the odds of a Dolphins-Eagles Super Bowl were literally like 1% when that movie came out? <laughs> <laughs> but 
dude, Snowflake, man, Snowflake. Snowflake. <laughs> Unbelievable. You could have just been a Packers fan. I could have been a Packers fan. You could have gone Favre to Rodgers. You could have. Yeah. Oh my goodness! And yeah. Instead, you went. You had Jake Cutler pain. as a recent highlight. I got pain. I got so All much pain. So All suffering. worth it today. I feel better today about it. You know, oh. next year will probably be different, Danielle. That's, <laughs> they're getting two of it. Yeah, they'll get it's two at a time. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the abusive relationship that is fanhood of a yeah. team. Yeah. You know, you know. I yeah. think they've changed. I think they've changed. I think they're, they I like they're nice it. now. I think they're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're trying so hard. By the way, this is something that I found during the before the show. Um, <laughs> this is ridiculous. But the the Dolphins were tanking this year, and they have the same record as the Chargers. Oh, no. <laughs> they both like the Dolphins are picking five, and the Chargers are picking six. Like that's that's unbelievable to me. Yeah, they they went from four to five yesterday because Brian Flores mm-hmm. is too good of a coach to ever tank with, even when you trade all of his good players. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's the best it's the best coaching job the the the, the best yeah the, the best coaching achievement while going five and eleven in the history of the sport. I have to imagine. Man. Like Mike Tomlin's got a another playoff missing coaching job that like good for him. But my goodness, man. Worth it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, football's so weird. Thank you, Danielle, for uh, letting your suffering be our content. Uh, but today, your celebration is our hashtag content, and that's what we really needed. You think there's just coffee in this cup? I'm celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is, what, 6.26 a.m. where you're at right now? Correct. <laughs> this this podcast will be posted three days from now <laughs> but it'll it'll eventually like, sorry, guys, i don't know where the time went yeah it's oh it's crazy it was just you you mentioned heroin and the dolphins and i don't know it all all a mess i we, we all snorted fitz magic yesterday and we're all still on the come down i guess mm. I, I don't know uh my goodness, it was, it's just, it was such a wild, like, Nate, you touched on it there, that, like, Clark Hunt was like, mm, yeah, I'm really trying to see, I'm trying to watch this Dolphins game right now, guys, if you can keep it down. Uh, <laughs> I was abandoning the end of the game to watch it, and then, like, preparing to, to possibly do a post-game show, where I would not have known how the Chiefs game ended, necessarily, in, in you know, in excellent detail or anything. Um, Nate, you were the one, though, at Arrowhead, what... Paint that picture for us. What happened as the Chiefs and Dolphins scored touchdowns at pretty much the same moment? Yeah, it was within a minute of one another. And so, you know, there's this there's this phrase in journalism, and I think it uh, was originated by the New York Times. And so there are these events that become sort of grander as they sort of develop in front of your eyes in real time. And the version of that that, that the Times sort of uh, coined was they call it um, you know, I'm sorry, kids, but like they do call it a TikTok. This is before TikTok ever existed. But like, <laughs> but like it's they a they call it a vine. Yeah, right, right, right. But what? they they, they call oh, it a TikTok in a sense of like you want to chronicle every sort of every minute as it sort of occurs and all the decisions that led to this thing and and sort of the ripple effect of something that happened because of this sort of incident within the same uh, event. And they're, they're really fun uh, stories to read if you can handle them well. And so it became very clear late in the fourth quarter as 
Damian Williams is scoring a touchdown, and it's like, okay, like the Chiefs are going to win today, as everyone expected. But because Andy Reid was so concerned about not having any any semblance of news or information about the Dolphins and Patriots, the, the game was not in the press box. It was not on the TVs. It was not featured on any scoreboard um, during the Chiefs game. So everyone's kind of oblivious unless you have smartphones, and it's 2019. So what I'm getting at is, <laughs> so what I'm getting at is, you try to do this conventional thing where you're like, I want my guys to stay motivated, I want them to stay focused. Like, yes, there is a slim chance of moving up to the two seed, but like, you know, let's just handle our own business, you know, to use a phrase. Yeah. <laughs> you're supposed to be professional, no matter who you are. And I know this is weird as I say this, because the Patriots and their, you know, quote-unquote, uh, independent contractor video department or, you know, whatever services they use um, were not necessarily professional a couple of weeks ago in the press box, but you're supposed to be professional, which means you don't celebrate, you don't cheer, you don't, like, right. you know, scream and go crazy. I have, as you people all will know, I have sort of a, a, a bumptious personality, so it's even hard for me to, like, <laughs> not question why a coach doesn't do whatever he does or why a player did this or like just laughing when Tyreek Hill runs like around people, even though they have the ankle. Right. Once Damian Williams scores his touchdown and I wrote this in the story and I would encourage everybody to, to go to the, to the app or continue to stay at the app and you know, hey, uh, read some, read some words I typed, but you can read and listen at the same time. Multitask. Yeah. To the far left of me in the press box is where normally Brett Veach and people in the player personnel department, scouting department, the football operations department, they can all sit there and they're watching the game with reporters and with other people in like the Chargers, you know, same department, same football operations. Obviously, there's, you know, PR staffs. Obviously, there's people from the network, uh, whoever is broadcasting the game. So to my left, I look because I'm just like interested in the idea that like we all know the score. We all know Tom Brady just let the Patriots down the field, but it's Ryan Fitzpatrick's opportunity to, like, do something crazy. Everybody in the Chiefs video and – not video, but everybody in their football operations, everybody in the player personnel, Brett Veach was not there. Uh, he was somewhere else in the building, and I was not be, I was not able to, to ID him or see him at the moment. But everyone was standing up like, okay – on an unprofessional level, eh, not really. I mean, like, you understand why they're why they're excited, but Absolutely. like the un- the idea of them going like this when when like Ryan Fitzpatrick throws touchdown pass. Uh, this this is the audio version of them as I'm watching them like lose their minds. Was yeah yeah oh my god. So this means, this means, oh my, give me a high five, man. Give me a high five. So there's a lot of that going on. And they're standing right behind the Chargers reporters whose season is literally like two minutes away from Indy. So I asked my guy, Daniel Popper, who covers the Chargers for us from The Athletic, did he hear anything from the Chiefs, you know, sort of front office uh, that was, you know, literally standing and celebrating behind him. I mean, dapping up, high fives, like, gentlemen's, like, strong handshakes when, like, you, you like, <laughs> you've accomplished something really important. Good like, show, old man. Yeah, it was like, it was like... Be- <laughs> jolly good, jolly good. It, Bully for you. It was like Apollo 13 or whatever astronaut movie, <laughs> and they're in the command center, and they're just, like, shaking hands, like, we landed, we landed on the moon, you know? 
Um, and Daniel Popper was like, I really didn't hear anything, but God, there was a lot of commotion behind me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's just it's this weird thing. And then a friend kind of told me the story of, did you know that uh, Clark Hunt kind of went to the back of his own suite and was like, let me check in on Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> and then he told Rob Riggle in the Chiefs locker room, oh, yeah, I had a TV here. I had a TV there. And we were just going back and forth. And it's just like, for anybody listening right now, Clark Hunt was doing the same thing you were doing yesterday. And that, yeah. I, I know fans want their owner or want ownership to feel what they feel. And in one of the rare cases where it all kind of comes together, yes, Clark Hunt was literally rooting for the Dolphins about as hard as you can as an NFL owner. So it, it's just one of those weird moments where I tried to get every little bit of scene, every little thing that I kind of overheard. I mean, it's the first time I've ever quoted Tammy Reed, who I incredibly yes. enjoy when I talk to her. First time I've ever quoted her in a story. Um, and it's like they won something that they did not know could be obtained. And that is some of the best yeah. surprises in sports that, that can offer us. And it's it's a reminder of why we all get into this, why this is all so fun. And even for someone like Danielle, who's gone through hell in the last 25 years, <laughs> and even like Seth mentioning the abusive sometimes relationship that is, you know, your connection to the fans. And even for a reporter who's trying to understand and try to, you know, recreate the feeling of what occurred and the idea of like, hey, this I went I, I I drove to a game today that virtually was meaningless that all of a sudden became the one of the most meaningful games of the year. And you're just trying to recapture that as best you can. So yeah, while seeing I've never been a part of something quite like that in my career, whether it's the NFL, the NBA, or any other sporting event where things occur so quickly together in such a succinct way. That I basically had to write that it's a, it's an emotional domino that hits the next emotional domino, but it doesn't feel worse. It feels better. Um, yeah, and it's <laughs> it is strange. It's just really strange. It's, it was in some ways it was better than last year's Miami Miracle, and I sort of called you know yesterday's the Miami Miracle Part Two, but it was better than last year's because there were still a couple weeks left into the season. Yes, it m- made an ultimate decision as to like who was the one seed and who was the two seed between the Chiefs and Patriots, but to have it flip. On the season finale is just wild. Also, that's by far the most relatable, uh, I would say, any multi-billionaire has ever been in all of history. Of like, yeah, I'm going to ignore the franchise that I own to go watch the game that's definitely more important right now is is a big a big relatability moment for Clark Hunt, I will say. that's It's an excellent story. Um, and again, if you'd like a little more and, and read it in written form, check out Nate's article up on The Athletic right now. Uh, Seth, how I'm just sort of curious. I, not, I, I will admit... I wanted to start with Arrowhead. The second place I'm most interested in the emotions of is just your house. As all of that <laughs> was happening. As you were trying to pay attention to everything going on at once and enjoying the Fitzmagic and all, how did you digest all of that? Well, I, I had a lot going on, okay? Because my wife took advantage of how engrossed I was in the game to rearrange the furniture, which is like something she does when I'm like engrossed in another thing. Like, I'll look up, I'll be like, hey, my house looks completely different. So I had a lot going on, all right? And then, you know, as usual, I had my kids climbing all over me and that kind of stuff, which is fun. You know, it was great. My kids are watching the game, and so we're we're excited, and it was kind of a weird game, but it featured some really great plays. And so as as the thing goes on, I'm trying to figure out a way to watch 
the Titans, or the Titans, good Lord. See, you can tell, I, I still fear the Chiefs will play them somehow. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out a way to watch the AFC Dolphins. Championship game? That could happen, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what? It could. The Dolphins, or the Dolphins, good Lord. Oh, man. All right, Nate, you say things now. But I, So I was trying to figure out a way to watch the Patriots-Dolphins game at the same time, and because I lack the technological savvy, I just couldn't do it. And so I got to kind of experience it all just in in real time as I'm trying to explain repeatedly to my 11-year-old and my 8-year-old what a bye week is, what the number two seed is. (laughs) And so like I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh man, you know, they really need this for the number two seed. And then my daughter, what's a seed? And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And so this is for all of you who aren't parents yet. Once you're a parent, one of the toughest things, and it's super rewarding too, is the questions. And, like, you just, like, it's great and it's cute, but it's also, like, can you just not right now? Like, can you not? Can you just understand life right now for a minute so I can enjoy what's happening? So I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, this is a big deal. Why? Um... And now try, try imagine explaining playoff seedings to a six-year-old. It's like, well, I'm, like, thinking of bye week. They're saying bye? No, no. No, that that no, means they no, don't have good. to play. Their season's over. No, that's not. And, and so it was this combination of joy and frustration. But it was awesome. I mean, and then fortunately for me, who was not technologically savvy enough to be able to turn on both games at once, and I was kind of only sort of following on Twitter because I have like a thirty second lag when I watch games, and that is a frustrating way to watch games. Like if you're on Twitter yeah, and you see yeah. someone be like, you know, you know. Dang. Hardman. Yeah, you're like, oh, dang it, Charvarius Ward. And you're like, oh, no, what's about to happen? And it's just <laughs> terrible. And so I I got to experience the full Kevin Harlan effect. Like, oh, yeah. it, oh. that was that was oh. so that was so great. It was one of I mean, you know, the Chiefs haven't you know won a Super Bowl in my lifetime. So it was one of the better Chiefs moments just made so amazing by the fact that Harlan was like, all right. I got this, guys. Like, this is what I was born to do, is to call both games. And, I mean, even, you know, I think I'm breaking every FCC rule in the book. <laughs> it's just, And he just says it. I'm calling both of them. And it's just that voice and the entire thing. And since he does radio... He would. He was calling it perfectly, like yes. as the yes. as the kicks going through. It was like I was listening to a radio broadcast of the Dolphins, and so it was just an absolutely awesome, awesome moment. Again, tinged with trying to explain why it's significant. Um, and it's the unexpected stuff. I like the way Josh. I think you phrase it this way. Maybe Nate, you did. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention when you said like you win something that you didn't think you could win. Like it didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's it was a, it was Nate. It, it wasn't it wasn't that good because I mean Nate. Oh sure, good. but it's kind of like I would compare it to, um, you know, finding money in your pocket that you didn't know was still yeah. there. But this was like you know like this almost never ever happens. But this is like when you find when you find that Ben Franklin in your pocket. This isn't like when you find yeah. that five dollar bill because that's nice. But when you find this isn't even a twenty. This is when you find that hundred dollar bill in your pocket. You're like, what? Wait, wait a minute. You know, I'm. I'm going out yeah. to eat tonight because I got money, you know, whatever. That is the feeling that I had, again, while explaining to a six-year-old what a bye week is that she still has no idea what a bye week is. 
According to 538 before this game, by the way, the Chiefs had a 9% chance of getting that first round by, um, which is still like, you know, 8% higher of a chance than me finding $100 anywhere in my life. But that's still like that puts into context. This wasn't supposed to happen. Thank you for laughing, Seth. Did we, did we just I'm sorry. Look, I'm older than you, Josh. Give it time. All right. This is this is this is Seth lawyer explaining oh, to the rest of us about how oh I just find I just find Ben Franklin's in my couch cushions. My children were asking me about the rules, so I gave her a hundred and told her to go play in traffic. <laughs> yeah, that is not what it's like in my household. Just did I just start doing an Alan Thick impression? What am I doing? What is this voice? That is, well, it's when I wear my monocle. That's what my voice sounds like. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's good. And then to clean your monocle, you just spray some lens cleaner, use a $100 bill to clean it off, throw the $100 bill away, and then go back to watching football and explaining it to your 97 kids. Indeed. The Seth Kaiser the experience. Seth Kaiser everybody. story. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, I would like to talk about the importance of the first round bye that the Chiefs have locked up, but the the thing I would like to talk about even more is uh, is something Terrell Suggs said to to Nate Taylor last night in the locker room. Uh, Nate, do you uh, do you remember this uh, this titular phrase that that Mr. Suggs used? Uh, you know, when you're when another man's talking, when you're interviewing him, you are trained and told let that man speak. Don't don't say anything. Yeah. Let him finish his Mm-mm. thoughts and his sentences mm-hmm. in a clean manner mm-hmm. so everyone can audibly hear it. Yeah. Your eyebrows can do whatever the hell they want. <laughs> and when he said said phrase, oh, the eyebrows went up about an inch. Oh. So if you haven't if you haven't read Nate's article yet, you can see spoiler alert late in the in the article. Terrell Sugg says, quote, it shows that good stuff can happen when you handle your own business. Hi, I'd like to tell you about Roman. Not a joke. That's the sponsor today. We're handling business. Chiefs handled their business. Terrell Suggs handled the business. The Dolphins went and handled their business. Ryan Fitzpatrick handled all the business in the world. Right now, hey, listen, if you if you watch that Dolphins game and you're still needing to handle this particular business, I was going to say I don't know how to help you, but actually, I do. We have Roman Right here. We're going into 2020. You know what we're leaving behind in 2019? We're leaving We're leaving erectile dysfunction in 2019. Sorry, guys. I'm sorry, but that's true, actually. Uh, it's not going to be allowed in in a couple of days. So go ahead and handle your business like the Chiefs and like Ryan Fitzpatrick and bring the Fitz magic back to your, to your life. Okay? That's the new slogan. Hey, Roman, this one's free. You can have it. Because with Roman... It's easy to talk about erectile dysfunction. You can talk about it with a real doctor. They can prescribe real medication. It's not just rewatch the last five minutes of Dolphins Patriots. It's simple. It's safe. It's totally discreet. You can watch the last five minutes of Dolphins Patriots again if you want to just sort of, you know, enrich the experience. That's between you and... And I mean, God, really, I guess, I don't know. I don't really want to talk about it. But with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and get ongoing care for ED from the comfort and privacy of your home. Doctors will work with you. They'll find the best treatment plan for you specifically. It's really easy to get started. It's simple. It's discreet. It's straightforward. Go to GetRoman.com slash time to complete your online visit. This is not, we're, leave, we're leaving it behind. This is not that complicated. This is not that difficult. Every time I get to that, it's like, erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle. We're bringing you the, the solution here. If you're sitting listening to this podcast going, man, I bet it's not that easy. GetRoman.com slash time. 
go check it out. To just to complete the online visit, go to GetRoman.com slash time for the online visit and free two-day shipping. It's a free online visit as well. You have nothing to lose here except your ED, I guess, which I feel like you'd want to lose. I don't know. I'm no expert, but I feel like that's something you'd want to get rid of. That's GetRoman.com slash time for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash time, their official new slogan for Roman in all of its instances, bring back the Fitz magic. I just want to feel like that's universally true. Yes. And and I just want to tell people, you know, the the last question to Terrell Suggs uh, in his post game availability yesterday was me. <laughs> and yes, he did say handle your business. And of course it, it was going to be it. in my story today. Of, of course <laughs> of it was. Course. <laughs> Oh yeah. Nate, do you ever do you ever realize how quiet Seth gets during those reads? I just, like he's here. I try not to laugh because you actually. It's okay the, to laugh. I it's have okay. never met you. I have never, and I've known you for a couple years now. And despite, you've never met me. You, you, despite, you have met me despite your many constant times. attempts to avoid me, other than when you need a meal paid for. <laughs> I, you know, we 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 talk a ton. I don't think I've ever seen you. Talk yourself into a corner other than when you accidentally called my wife old while we were at dinner. That was bad. That was rough. That was like, oh no, gosh. And you're like, ah, you know, so it was similar there when you were like talking about watching the Patriots Dolphins game. And you're like, that's between you and God. And I could just hear your brain going, I don't want to do this anymore. I have talked myself into a corner. Where do I go from here? Where do you go after that's between you and God? And I saw you just, I don't want to talk about it anymore. And that was just, I was, I, so I have to be completely quiet. Cause if I start talking or if I laugh even a little, all you're going to hear is me like choking in the background and, and nobody needs that while they're attempting to deal with handling their business. That's, all right. Fair, fair enough. I would say I, I do know where you go from there, Seth. Actually, it's getroman.com slash time. Let's talk about the bye week that the Chiefs now have. There was no consideration to this. Like Nate said, he and I talked 30 minutes before kickoff or whatever, and we were making jokes. We were making jokes about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Nate called him Ryan Tannehill twice on live radio. I did. Uh, <laughs> it's a true thing that happened. It's it's just Dolphin Ryan. It could have been could have covered it all except for you know now now Tannehill's actually good, but Fitzpatrick is like a literal literal god amongst men. So I don't know. Um, we we gave so little thought to this, and now the Chiefs just have it. Like, I'd like to spend a few minutes at some point actually talking about the Chargers game because it was weird. But now we're looking ahead to a week off for the Chiefs. We also haven't even talked about Juan Thornhill, which it like does very much matter. Um, but but with the bye week, the Chiefs get here, Nate. Like, how impactful can this be to skip a game? A game that could have very well been against the Titans, um, ultimately would have been against the Titans if the Patriots would have won, yes. getting them at home, a, a team that no one really wants to see. But if, even if it would have been the Steelers or Raiders, it's still an NFL football game, you get injuries, you certainly don't rest, your scouting plan changes and all of that. So so how much does this really matter to the Chiefs? It, it matters a great deal because um, in some ways, you know, they have their bye week in the regular season towards the end of when the when you can have a bye week. So it was week 12. Uh, they had played 11 straight games. They had mostly gotten through them with, like, various injuries. But guys had started to trickle back, and they were starting to help, starting to get healthy, which is, I think, a reason why they've had this six-game winning streak to end the regular season. Um, 
not only is it one-game samples and you can throw a lot of things at a team that they haven't seen um, in a game all year that you can do in the playoffs, and trying to do that three times to get to the Super Bowl versus two I think is enormous, especially with someone like Andy Reid's creativity and his playbook and what Steve Spagnuolo has done over the last two months where he's basically not changed everything, but he's altered just, I know Seth mentions his ability to tinker to get his players in a better position so that you're not anticipating what the Chiefs are necessarily showing. And that even was the case against quarterbacks that saw the Chiefs defense twice, like Derek Carr and the idea of Phil Rivers' you know, sort of season-ending with him still throwing interceptions because he just wasn't sure mm-hmm. what the Chiefs were doing on the back end. So there's a lot of reasons as to why you need the bye week. Obviously, your body gets healthy. And just think about what happened last year for the Chiefs. Um, they get the number one seed, and that's great for them. The Colts had to go on a historical run to even get to the playoffs. They beat yeah. Deshaun Watson with things that they had not put on tape, which is usually, hey, we're looking like we're going to be in our traditional cover two. And I still remember this because Dan Orlovsky explained it really well in his video breakdown. But, hey, this looks like cover two that you saw twice this year. And, in fact, it's not. It's actually cover one or man-to-man, and we're going to undercut routes. And so they showed something on film that they hadn't seen all year, and and it helped them win a playoff game on the road. Then they had to go to Arrowhead. Their bodies were beat up. You know, Quentin Nelson's really good at football, but you could tell if you rewatch that game, he's just not as healthy, as spry, as strong as he was in early December as you get to, like, the real attrition of January. The Chiefs' defense shows something that they hadn't really shown on tape, and it helped them beat the Colts. But obviously, the Patriots saw it, and then you could adjust for that. So I think there's all these games within the games that you don't have to do three straight times. You kind of have to have this improbable run if you're a wild card to even get to the Super Bowl. And the last team that really did that was the Baltimore Ravens when all of a sudden, you know, Joe Flacco's throwing improbable deep shots down the field to beat Peyton Manning when he's with the um, when he's with the Broncos. And then they go to Foxborough and they get a late touchdown in that game in the AFC Championship game to go to the Super Bowl. So it's, it's really hard. And obviously the statistical data sort of backs that up. Since 1990... of teams that have reached the Super Bowl did so with the first round bye. Um, So if you want to make the Super Bowl the easiest path historically since the 1990s season began when the playoffs were expanded, you got to get a first round bye if you want a real chance to get to the Super Bowl. So it's it's a massive uh, advantage for the Chiefs. If they win the divisional round and if Baltimore wins, that's just one road game you have to play, just one road trip you have to make before – you know, going to the Super Bowl instead of three if you're a wild card team or two if you're obviously a wild card home team and you have to go um, play potentially two road games. And then you get healthy. And the idea, too, is that, um, like Tyron Matthew said, and I was kind of surprised he said this, but, like, you know, um, it's true. Like, Mitchell Schwartz, Tyron Matthew, Patrick Mahomes, Terrell Suggs, Anthony Hinges, all those guys will watch the games on Saturday. I believe all the AFC games are on Saturday. Uh, this upcoming week, they will watch both games Saturday and it's the earliest scouting you can do. Cause you'll just be watching it live. And then the coaches will cut it up really, really quickly. Like it's imperative. Like how soon that game ends, how soon the league sends out the all 22 video to the coaching staffs and how quickly they can cut it up for certain players in certain situations, certain downs to get them prepared. So that when practice starts that following week, everybody understands who they're playing. Um, so there's, there's a ton of advantages and, 
again, like Seth said, getting that money in your pocket that you did not know was there. If the Chiefs somehow go to the Super Bowl, you cannot forget what happened yesterday and how impactful it was in sort of changing the complexions of how they may have reached Miami uh, had it all been because of Ryan Tanny. Ryan, dang it, Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins. <laughs> you did it again! <laughs> it's so hard. Uh, it's, I mean, yeah, it's both named Ryan. I get Fitzmagic. Just say Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic. Abandon the Ryan. Abandon that's, the Ryan. That's that's. Uh, listen, in this in this house, we establish the Ryan is what we do. We don't <laughs> the run, not necessary. We establish the Ryan. I can't believe they didn't tweet that out yesterday. I'm really disappointed in myself. Uh, the, the, the biggest thing, and Seth, unless you absolutely would like to wax poetic on that same thing, I do want you to talk about the safety spot because we didn't have a Friday show last week, and you wrote about the fact that Kendall Fuller's a safety now, I guess, question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, he was there a ton against the Bears, um, and the breakdown is I mean, obviously still up from the Bears game, and it's super, super relevant right now. So if you missed it just because it was, you know, around Christmas and everything, I'd really encourage everyone to go check it out um, because now it seems and, and by the time people are listening to this, the news may have broken. You can follow Nate on Twitter at by Nate Taylor. Um, we, we may hear from from Andy Reid today, although sometimes that takes a little longer. It sounds bad. The early report is that is the Chiefs are afraid that Thornhill's out for the year. Um, the, the rest of this year, frankly, if he's back for the offseason programs next year, it would feel like a decent win at this point um but but knowing that we're recording early in the morning here and we don't have the the final word yet we're assuming no Juan Thornhill for the playoffs Seth we saw yesterday some Kendall Fuller moving um Rashad Fenton ended up out on the field a little bit more Armani Watts got a lot of snaps so when you look at, at what the Chiefs could be doing at that safety position how how do you think they they should be going about it and, and what have you seen these last couple of weeks now sure um and so with regards to Thornhill, I would be absolutely shocked if he were back this year. It was a non-contact injury. I mean, he's tweeting out, you know, that he knows God has him, which, hey, I mean, I'm all for proclamations of faith, but generally speaking, you don't say things like that when you get back the news. Hey, you're fine. You know what I mean? That's not, right. it's right. kind of like, you know, people don't, people don't call their pastor when things are fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> like when, right. and so, I mean. It's, or their lawyer, really. Yeah. People, people only call you in crisis, they I guess. Do. That, they, that, that, I just realized that. that yeah. I could rant for the next hour about that, but I won't. <laughs> like, I've told clients and congregants, just, Call me and tell me, like, just give me a call and be like, you know what? I had a really great day today. Like, everything went awesome. That would be so nice to hear. So if anyone's here, just tweet something at me that your day is going great. I would love to hear that because everyone calls me. That's and like, way too positive for Twitter, but I appreciate your belief in it. <laughs> I believe in people. And then after you do that, DM Josh and let him know that you did it and that he should believe I'm, in humanity. I've got to go. I'm going to close my DM. I can't do this again. <laughs> anyway, so with, with the safety position, I mean, I'm assuming Thornhill's out. I haven't looked at the All-22 yet, and Spagnuolo's coverages have been complicated complicated enough that it's it's hard to tell who's playing corner and who's playing safety half the time anymore um yeah. he's, he's got guys rotating immediately before the snap all that losing Thornhill's a big big deal um mm-hmm. he knows the defense he's got better range than anyone else on the defense he can play single high better than anyone else and one of the things that people don't notice is the passing lanes that he's closing off because throws that don't get made people don't think about but that's important. There's yep. a reason the Chiefs haven't given up a lot of downfield throws this year, and that's because unless you're throwing right to the sideline down the field, which is an incredibly tough throw, Thornhill's there. And so yeah. that changes things because they don't have a guy who can replace that. 
What I'm thinking they'll do, and again, they rotate guys around so much that it would be a mistake to think, oh, they need just someone to just play deep safety all the time. That is not what Juan Thornhill did. He was all over the field, much like Matthew, much like Fuller lately. You know, Fuller was playing deep safety against the Bears and again against the Chargers. Um, So if I were to pick, and this would narrow down their options a little bit, but I think it's their best option, I would have Kendall Fuller replace a lot of what Thornhill does and have Armani Watts replace some of the other stuff that Thornhill does. Watts in the box and in like a robber role, I like Watts. He flies around and he hits like a maniac. Yes. Um mm-hmm. he he and he's got good instincts for the ball. If you if you take a look at his college highlights, really good instinct for the ball, very always around it. He's a playmaker and he was looking like he was going to make some noise last year. And then obviously, you know, Thornhill turned out to be awesome and Matthews awesome and Sorensen's a guy they can rely on, so his role went downhill. So don't sleep on Armani Watts, but he is not your deep safety guy generally speaking. I think Kendall Fuller doesn't have Thornhill's range, but he's got good instincts. He understands the defense completely completely and he understands coverages and route combinations so I would have him replace a lot of that there here's where the the big thing is going to be though is the Chiefs cornerback health they Mm. need the corners to be healthy if they use Fuller as a safety Mm -hmm. because you know if they, they need Claiborne to be healthy. They need Fenton to be healthy. They need Breland to be healthy and they need Ward to be healthy because then you can have Fuller do whatever he wants but that's yeah. going to be that's going to be the big it's going to be kind of a domino effect in that if Breland's healthy and it looks like he was just sick so they got a couple weeks here Claiborne's going to have a couple weeks if those guys are healthy it it'll be a loss but it won't be quite as bad because I think Fuller can do a lot of what Thornhill does not except he doesn't quite have the range but you can compensate for that with good instincts so i would look for fuller's role at the safety to basically be complete see armani watts role as a box guy increase um just as a quick note everyone that thinks that like the reason the running backs went off was because juan thornhill was out that is not what was going on the the running backs went off at least as best i could tell because chiefs defenders kept slipping like It was infuriating. Like that last drive, it was just like one dude. I mean, Neiman slipped, Sorensen, even Tyron Matthew slipped, you know, on the, on a throw to the left side that got him right to the goal line. Had Matthew not slipped, that gets stopped for almost no gain. And then it's worth noting on the very last drive, we, and maybe it's because the chiefs had the game in hand, but did anyone else notice a certain Dorian O'Daniel oh, on the boy. Field, shadowing Eckler. And you, did you not see him just lay him out? And so this could be it because I, it, it apparently Spagnolo does not trust Dorian O'Daniel to run his whole defense. But if they need a dude that's like, hey, you see that running back? Just go cover him. Running back. Just go cover just cover him. that dude. O'Daniel can do that. So there's a, that's a lot of potential answers in a way that's a good thing because they do have a lot to kind of cover for losing Thornhill. And last year, this would have been a disaster this year. They can do it. It's just going to depend on the health of their corners. Uh, sorry. When did Dorian O'Daniel make an appearance? Was this during the dolphins game? Is that what you're saying? Cause I literally, <laughs> I have been looking for 44 all year and I just, you just said it. I just started going through the play log. Like, wait, what? Where was Dorian O'Daniel? Did he do something? I'm so confused. He recorded yeah. his first tackle of the season. 
I can't find any evidence of that. I I, even, that completely slipped by me. I mean, the running back might have dropped the ball even. It, so it, I didn't know it, it maybe, was a tackle. <laughs> maybe a, a, a pass a, a defense. PBU. Yeah, yeah pass defense. Because, I mean, he laid He was on the field, on the though. I, I do yes. remember seeing that, yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, I was somewhere in there. I just snorted all that Fitzpatrick. Uh, <laughs> you were Fitzpatrick, in ecstasy, actually, my friend. Ecstasy. Was, yeah. 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 I was. I was. I was dizzy. I was disoriented. It was a mess. Um. So Nate, with with the, I, I think that the need for cornerback health is a great point by Seth. Um. We've we've we'll hear more from Spagnolo next week or in a, in a couple of days later this week. I think actually. Now that I, you know what. We might not. We may not. We might not hear from Spagnuolo until next I, week I, I now think, that the Chiefs I, are off. I think Andy Reid is going to do what he did last year, which was uh, not officially hold a practice. You can still do walkthroughs and film studies and meetings and like motivational yeah. speeches. But um, the way it works is if you have an official practice per the NFL's agreement with the Pro Football Writers Association and media entities, then players and coaches would be made available for comment. If there are no official practices and just walkthroughs, film sessions, coaching meetings, treatment, rehabs, then um, Andy Reid's going to be like, see you guys next week. Okay, so yeah, good point. So we may not see uh, see Spagnuolo soon. I, I don't know. Um, are, what do you make of the like general shiftiness of the the defense? Shiftiness is the wrong word. The the the, the Way things the way the way the pieces have been moved around the Kendall Fuller thing specifically now looking like it's coming more into uh, into the forefront now losing Juan Thornhill all those pieces sliding around as the defense has been improving for really I mean all season long how how would you handicap what you've seen and and now what changes without Thornhill? Well, you're going to see Tyron play a little bit more differently too, which kind of played out. Um, yesterday against the Chargers, he they will do a, maybe a little bit more two safety looks um, in the future, just just so that um, it may be harder to throw over the top. But I I wonder if the blitzing will increase uh, to some degree in the playoffs, just so that if you get there sooner, maybe the deep ball isn't as available as it would be if you you know if your four man rush can't get there. Um, I'm interested too in the idea of like, depending on who the matchup is, they will play zone and then break that tendency, or they'll play man and break that tendency, and that'll be interesting. Hmm. The the most hmm. disappointing part for this is that during the drive where Thornhill gets hurt, um, it's early in the drive, so it's on the Charger side of the field. Juan Thornhill came up and basically was like the nose tackle next to like. Either Derek Nadia or Colin Saunders, I can't remember which guy had his hand in the dirt, but he was right next to him. And then, like, and this is how you know he's really progressed really nicely as the season went along from a guy who started week one as a rookie to now you really can't consider him a rookie because it's game 16. But at the correct pacing and timing, he gave that look to the offensive line so that the offensive line had to say, like, hey, we, we, we may have to account for Thornhill if he blitzes. And then Thornhill quickly backed away and got right back to his deep safety spot and was in time enough that he gave a look that, you know, may have confused or at least had to make Phillip Rivers and the Chargers think about it. And then he was still able to play the deep zone really, really well on that particular play. So Spagnolo sees that and then he uses it in the red zone. And all of a sudden, because now the field's been condensed, uh, Thornhill can go down 
and he gives a similar look, and he does blitz this time. And unfortunately, he planted his knee, his left knee, because he was going to change directions as Phillip Rivers was starting to escape the pocket. And unfortunately, he has his injury. Uh, many fear that it's sort of ACL-related. Again, I'll, we'll get that confirmed or not um, later today. With the idea that you're going to lose that. No one else can do that on the Chiefs' defense. I, I don't even know if Tyron Matthew yeah. can necessarily do it that well, where you can – you can play up so close and still be an effective blitzer, but also give the disguise of such and be able to cover, you know, some of the best receivers in the league if the ball's in the air and it's, you know, within that intermediate to deep zone range. So um, it's unfortunate. I I will always wonder how much of the field played a part of Juan Thornhill's injury. I don't think Andy Reid's yeah. going to mention it or or sort of give a, a true in answer, a true indicator. And, of course, since Juan Thornhill was injured – uh, nobody was really allowed to talk to him. Like he quietly walked away during the celebration. It was the only sad thing that occurred at Arrowhead uh, yesterday. And so I, I just wonder if the field will be better managed come the divisional round on January 12th than it was when they obviously resurfaced it, resodded it, and tried to get it in position for a colder weather game. But it, I, I in my heart, I wonder if it really played a factor. As a as a as a young guy tried to cut to get to the quarterback, and that had you know sort of that played an impact in terms of his season being ended. Seth, I know you're about to storm out again like you did last week, and hopefully we'll just see you again. I don't know, well, TBD. Um, but was there anything else from the game outside of stuff we've covered specifically in Chiefs Chargers that you wanted to highlight for for any length of time? Um. You know, it was a it was a weird game, which you know stunning. I, the stunning. Chiefs would have a weird one. Yeah, that's so. That's so. It, it now would be weird if they didn't have a weird game. Although I suppose the last couple of weeks it was I mean, last week was weird. Yeah, it's they they just they they weren't as dominant as they've been. It was a little more of a sweat. The, you know, the Chargers always play the Chiefs well, and they have a really good defense. One thing I would note, and this is something to keep an eye on, because you know, first things first, I need to clarify to people. So, like, you know, I chart uh, quarterback snaps and all that stuff, and potential picks is one of those. Just so people know, Mm -hmm. interceptions that are thrown on plays where there's a clear offsides penalty is not something I chart as a negative for the quarterback. Right. And regardless of Rich Gannon, who I have all the respect in the world for, this whole, oh, that's dangerous. You don't want to do that. It's like, Rich, what? Like, you know, you don't know who the penalty might be on. And I was like, what? Like, how? what do you mean you don't know who the penalty might be on? And to be fair, you know, Mahomes had one of those against the Texans called an interception, but it shouldn't have, which is just insane. So anyway, that that aside, you know, because he was just, you, you try to force things in there. Because Mason asked me, my, my 11-year-old, a couple, he's like, well, you know, why, why would he throw that? And I'm like, well, because he knew it wouldn't matter because he knew he had five yards. He's like, wow, Patrick Mahomes is smart. I'm like, yes, he is, son. Yes. <laughs> anyway, besides that, I, I came across someone pointed this out, and I just retweeted it, and now I've, I can't find it anymore. Basically, going through Patrick Mahomes' uh, pass attempts of 15-plus yards over the last few weeks, and I, I want to find the exact number. He's 12 of 14 on, on throws 15 yards downfield the past three games. Like If you look, it's like complete. Complete with a touchdown. Complete, 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 incomplete. Complete, complete with a touchdown. Complete, complete. And that's what you saw. You know, the 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 Chiefs, they were kind of playing dink and dunk a little bit. And then as yeah. they realized, like, you know what? Man, our tackles are handling these guys. 
Like, mm-hmm. this is going pretty well. Like, I think Fisher's finally healthy. It is great to see. And Schwartz, as usual, just dominated Joey Bosa. He just yeah. – Bosa could not handle Mitch Schwartz. Anyway, they start – they throw the ball downfield a few times, and it was almost – it was kind of the whole, uh, you know, well, you know, why don't they make the whole plane out of downfield throws? Like that kind of moment, you know, where it's just like, or the happy Gilmore like that is so much easier than putting. And so I would just note for people that as much as the offense has looked kind of out of sync, has looked a bit off, when they decide to turn it on, it happens fast. And just one big play after that. It's just so funny. You know, it's it's like, oh, it's third and five. They need five yards. It's like, wow. Or I could just throw the ball for 40 yards to Tyreek Hill. We could do that too. And so that's one thing I would note like is that the of offense that. looks explosive. That'd be good. And Damian Williams, probably the best running back on the roster. Yep. Uh, no more yeah, running yeah. back by committee, folks. Just just hand it off to 26. <laughs> yes. And yeah, so, I, yeah, I, I, I we, I, Seth, I know you've got to bounce. I, I, Nate, if you and I, if you want to talk about the running backs for a second, um, it's, I'm sure there's no real – uh, question about what my Twitter mentions looked like as Damian Williams had his, you know, second good run of the season. <laughs> um, that, that's unfair, but it's also, it's a little annoying. Um, not his good runs, the people who tweet yes, after yeah. a big run. Go, ah, yes, they established it. The run's been established. The Chargers are so tired now. Um, obviously, like my column last week was literally breaking down all of this and if I didn't stand by all of that after one big run, it would have been a very bad column. So obviously, all of the stuff there is still relevant. I'm thrilled whenever Damian Williams has a 80 or 90 yard long touchdown run. I think that's great. For me, the, the frustration is the idea that that somehow, you know, that that justifies the 11 for 32 or whatever it was before that that the Chiefs had on the ground. Um I, I do think he's he's going to be the guy that gets the carries in the playoffs for the most part. LaShawn McCoy is in a weird spot. Um, he was active but didn't play yeah. today. I don't know if you want to speak to that mm-hmm. at all in our last minute or so here. Um, but it, it's all a little odd. But it was a, it was a very nice game for Jamie Williams with two excellent runs. That there's I have no interest in fighting that. Two great plays by him. Yeah, and if he turns his head around, he may catch another pass that would have maybe been yeah, for a touchdown hit too. Him in the ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said I said ass because Seth wasn't on the call anymore. I, I felt uh, more comfortable after after, <clears throat> after dark. Once Seth, I would uh, yeah, I would I would have said butt if Seth was still on the call. Yeah, so it so here's a running back situation, and I sort of alluded to this uh, yesterday morning with you, Josh, on the pregame show at eight ten. But um, it's clear the Chiefs have three running backs. That's the way it's going to be. Um, for the foreseeable future in the playoffs, unless something crazy happens, but there's no more running back committee. Mm-mm. It's over. It's like you ain't got to worry about that anymore. What now has occurred is uh, Damian Williams is healthy, feeling strong, breaking tackles again. Hey, hey, you know mm-hmm. that was kind of his mm-hmm. one. His two biggest traits were like he's really fast, and if he breaks a tackle, who knows what happens? And he's starting yeah. to show that these last two weeks. He's running hard. Um, so he sort of took on the Spencer Ware trait and sort of embodied it after Spencer Ware sacrificed his body yet again for the Chiefs. Um, and is not, you know, this is done for the year because of a shoulder injury. So he's running hard between the tackles. He's breaking tackles. He's got the speed. And here's the way it's going to break down. He is the clear cut starter. He will take the majority, if not all of the important offensive snaps. Darwin Thompson is a rookie and he's, you know, gotten better in pass pro. He's had his moments. Um, he will be used maybe if Andy Reid's 
scheme something that we haven't seen mm-hmm. all year. Mm-hmm. Just want to put that out there. And he will be mostly used on special teams. Like he's now become a core four phase special teamer in kickoff and punt coverage and kickoff and punt return. Had a great block yesterday on Nicole Hardman's uh, kickoff uh, return for a touchdown. So Darwin is being a plus player on special teams and he's available um, on offense if something were to happen with with Damian Williams or if Damian Williams just needs a blow for a couple snaps. You got you've got like thirty seconds on the show. I was like, I, wanted, I want like thirty seconds of your LaShawn McCoy conspiracy theory. Now we get to LaShawn McCoy, who I did not see in the locker room, who is still on the team, who was healthy, who was in uniform, and that is what you may see for the rest of January and maybe February. Unless something crazy happens, I just don't see LaShawn McCoy being a factor. You may use him on an occasional third and short or an occasional, hey, let's give him the ball because like we, we trust the veteran over the rookie. I don't I, – I just – it 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 – it's weird that he was a healthy scratch in Chicago, but maybe the coaching staff knew Damien's right. Damien's going to be fine. And we need to start giving him as many reps with the offensive line as possible. You need to choose somebody when you, when it comes playoff time. And they've clearly chosen Damien Williams over LaShawn McCoy. I need to let you know that around the athletic right now, if you've missed anything from 2019 that you that you shouldn't have missed. It's all there for you in the Athletics Best of 2019. It's live and available for everyone. So you can go check out all the best stuff, including some podcasts. I'm not going to ask if we have one there because uh, I don't want to be hurt by the truth. But uh, there's going to be lots of excellent content from the Athletic up right now. Also, it's all unlocked for everybody. So if you're listening right now to this free episode, if you're not a subscriber, you can go check it all out. Uh, or and if you uh, are a subscriber already, send it to somebody who doesn't know what they're missing yet here. On the athletic, you can follow me on Twitter at Bionate Taylor. Seth is at Real MN Chiefs fan. I am at JB Briscoe. You can tweet with the hashtag Times Ours. I would also accept now just hashtag Fitzmagic. We'll take that as our own personal podcast uh, tag from now on. Uh, if you're also new to the show and joining for this hectic day of the Chiefs clinching a bye, usually ends on Nate saying something. It changes every week. I wouldn't mind just a little more uh, to break off one more piece of uh, the press box quiet cheering. <laughs> Uh, 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 oh, 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 yes, oh, oh my god, no, so that means, oh, wait, we don't have to go to New England, we don't have to go to New England, oh my god, we don't have to go to New England, oh, oh my god, oh, 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 fist magic, fist magic, fist magic, oh, what can we do that's not tampering, what can we do that's not tampering, oh, 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 <laughs> Does he have a charity? Does he have a... Oh, my God. Put his charity out there. Put his charity out there. This magic forever.